Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, good morning. It is so lovely to be here this morning and it is so lovely to see so many eyes this morning. We are not seeing your full face. We're just seeing your eyes. So it is really lovely to see you. And if we haven't yet seen you in person this year, then Happy New Year to you. And if you are a guest with us this morning, we are so glad that you are here. If we haven't met, my name's Kristen and I'm the family's pastor here at Northside and I am so glad that we can be gathered here this morning and for those online, so glad that we can still be gathered this morning. Hey, if you're online, can you make sure that you say happy birthday to Kara, our online host? It is her birthday this morning, so make sure when you guys go out too, she's out there in the foyer that we say happy birthday to her. So happy birthday, Kara. If you've been with us in January, you will know that we've been doing a series called Future Proofing Your Year. And so if you haven't been with us, what we've been looking at over the past couple of weeks is how we can future proof our year. Meaning, how about we think about ending our year before it starts, living our year before it starts, and so that we've got intentionality in the year. If we've learned anything over these past two years, it's probably that our years probably aren't going to turn out how we have planned or how we have thought it's going to be. But what we thought is if we think with the end in mind, there's some things in our year that despite the circumstances that happen, we can future-proof and we can make sure are the things that happen by the end of the year. So the first week we looked at future-proofing your priorities and talking about how our timeline isn't from birth to death, but our timeline is from everlasting to everlasting in God's timeline, that it's more than just birth to death, but it's the whole from everlasting to everlasting. And then last week we looked at future-proofing your investments. So what it means to live a lifestyle of generosity how generosity isn't something that just sporadically happens or just happens on a whim, but living a lifestyle of generosity is something that is intentional and planned, something that you have thought through. And so that when an opportunity comes to be generous, you can know what to say yes to and what to say no to so that you can live a life of generosity. And so this morning, we are looking at future-proofing your focus. So this year, how can we future-proof our focus? How can we make sure that what gets our attention gets you? I don't know if you've heard that saying before. I'm sure Sam has said it quite a few times about what gets your attention gets you. Meaning where we put our focus is where our actions, where our emotions and where all of that lies in our life. So this year, let's maybe think about how we can future-proof our focus, how we can make sure that what is getting our attention is what is good. And we're going to read from... Um, the book of Romans, we're reading from Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. And I'm going to read that for us now. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We're really going to focus on verse 2 about what it means to mind, about what gets your attention gets you. I don't know if you've ever, um, ever tried to have a conversation with someone who is also watching TV at the exact same time. Anyone else try to do that? Maybe if you're a parent and they're watching TV and you also would like them to do something, you seem to say it at the same time as the TV. Let me ask you, who has their attention in that moment? Does the person talking or does the TV? The TV, hey. 
I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with someone and you are very present in the conversation, but then they say something that sparks your attention and your attention is no longer on that person. Your attention is on that thing that they've just said and your mind is wandering and focused on that thing and you've no longer got their attention. You also might have already done that this morning whilst being at church. Maybe someone has said something to you and your mind has gone elsewhere. This week, or in the school holidays, which obviously are still going, but in our holidays that we had with our kids, we um, went to the beach. And I don't know if you've noticed that there's been a real big swell with all of the storms and all of that that has gone on. There's been a big swell. Not talking about the tsunami. We'll talk about that later. Um, but there's been a really big swell. And so there's been these beautiful big waves. And we're at Evoke and we're watching the waves and the surfers ride them. Side note, as you can tell, my attention, where is it? But side note, my goal for this year is to be able to actually stand up on a surfboard, just so that you all know, if I tell you, you might keep me accountable. Um, so we're watching the surface and Sam and I were there and our kids were sitting watching the surface and Sam just turned to me and he's like, hey, Kristen, what's on your mind? And I'm pretty sure he was expecting me to say, oh, the beautiful waves and the storm and the weather. But rather, what actually I did say was, oh my goodness, Chelsea starts school for the very first time in a couple of weeks. Is she going to be ready? Have I prepared her enough to be ready for school? I wonder who her friends are going to be. Who is her teacher going to be? Is Zach and Adele going to be in good classes this year? Are they going to have good teachers? Are they going to have good friends this year? When am I going to buy the school shoes? I don't really want to buy the school shoes because I'm trying to stay away from the shops. Oh my goodness, lunch boxes. And then at the same time, it's like, what is the case numbers? Where have I been? Have I checked out of all the places that I've checked out of? Oh my goodness, do we have anything for lunch? What are we going to have for dinner tonight? And I think Sam was a little bit like, oh. Oh, is that what's on your mind? I'm like, yes. He's like, what about the beautiful beach? I'm like, oh, just wasn't registering. Because what gets your attention gets you. So you might be somewhere which is really, really good and should have your attention is the right place to be. But if it doesn't have your attention, it's not going to get you. And I don't know about you, but this past year, I don't think that my attention has fully been on God this year. If you look back at the year that we've had, and if you think maybe about where your feelings have been, maybe where you have put your time and your thought process have been, has it been in the things of God? Or has it been in the case numbers? Has it been in the um, press conferences? Has it been in the things going on around the world? Has it been in the things that you are worried about, concerned about? Is it the things that you don't have? If you think about your year, where has your attention been? Where has your thought process been? And if you think about that, you might go, so if we do know, for those of us that have been in the faith for a while, if we do know that we should put our thoughts in the things of God, why is it so hard? And for those of us that maybe are checking out Christianity or new to the faith, maybe this will be helpful for you about how you can also keep your mind focused on the things of God. And so I think there's two reasons why it's really hard to keep our focus on God. And I think the first one is that the world is geared to grab your attention don't know about you, but we have these little devices. I've left mine down there because I'm trying to not be focused on it. But we have these little devices that are not only our phone, are also our alarm clock, are also our watch, are also what tells us the time, are all those things. But 
but also a device that gives us access to what is going on in the world. And I don't know about you, whether you grab, if you're like me, that you grab your first thing in the morning and the first thing you look at is either like Facebook, Instagram, the news. Or maybe when you wake up in the morning, you're woken up by the radio and the first thing that is on in the radio is the news or talk back radio. And so it's straight into the things of what is going on around the world. You don't even have a moment to think and gather your thoughts. Or maybe you put the TV on straight away and it's the news, bombarded by what's happening all around the world. There was um, a really great documentary that Sam and I watched over the holidays called The Great Hack. And I don't know, it's not brand new. don't know if you've watched it. And it's talking a lot about the powers of social media and how they control us. And it was looking at this company called Cambridge Analytica and how they used what we do on social media to control what we think. To create a narrative that they want us to believe and then for us to believe it. And so even though we think that we've got control, we kind of don't have control. And it's not just been something that's happened since smartphones or TVs or radios have come along. There's this thing called marketing that companies spend billions of dollars on every year to grab your attention, to tell you what you don't have enough of, to tell you that you're not enough, to tell you that you need to be fitter, to tell you that you need to be healthier. So the instant that you open your eyes, the world is ready to grab your attention and for them to tell you the narrative that you should be thinking of, for them to grab your attention and so that you are focused on those things. Number two, why I also think it's really difficult to stay focused on God, it's not just a technology thing, it's not just a marketing thing, but it's a human thing. So even before all of those things that we just talked about, how the world was ready to grab our attention with, this has been something that's been going on for forever. Even Jesus said it multiple, multiple times when he was talking to his disciples or talking to the crowds. He'd be like, hey, look here. See, the kingdom is hand. Hey, attention here. He had to try and grab their attention from what was going on. And that's why Paul, a church planter 2,000 years ago, wrote this letter to the Romans wrote this letter to the Romans about this. From Romans 12 to 14, Paul is talking to the church about where their attention is. So he starts the chapter off with that verse, but the whole thing is about stop being so focused on what other people are doing. Um, Romans 14 is all about stop being focused on what others have and what they're doing and being concerned with. Be concerned with the things of God. So Romans 12 too, where it says... Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What he's saying there, what Paul is saying there is what gets your attention gets you. What you focus on, what you think about controls you, controls your behaviour. Dallas Willard, I think, says this perfectly when he's saying that your first freedom is where you allow your thoughts to dwell. That got me a little bit to the heart because I was like, oh, when I did a bit of a stock take of like, where do my thoughts dwell? Are they on the things of God or are they on my circumstances? Are they on the things of the world? I think the message paraphrase of Romans 12.2 says it really great. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Fix your attention on God. 
Psychologist Kurt Thompson, who we've had here a couple of years ago, says your attention is the ignition key to your mind. So it's not just a great little thought, it's not really just a great little Bible passage, but it is the thing that determines our behaviour, it's the thing that determines our outlook on the world, it is the thing that determines um, what we are thinking about, our emotions, our feelings, how we treat other people. What gets our attention really gets you. And not just for a moment, but it gets all of you. So do you want to know what gets your attention? Do you want to know what is getting your attention? I want you to ask yourself this. You do not obviously have to share. Like, this is just a personal reflection. I want you to ask yourself, where does your mind want to wander to when there isn't something to think about? So if you're not in the middle of doing work or you're not in the middle of, like, watching TV or something like that, where does your mind wander to when you don't have to think about anything? Kind of like when I was at the rock, at the beach, when my mind wandered to all the things. Where does your mind wander to? So Paul talks about don't be conformed by the patterns of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the patterns of the world. The patterns of the world, if you want to know if you're thinking about them, are things that make you angry. It might be the things that you are jealous about in other people. The things of the world are the things that you are fearful of. Are you thinking about the things that are making you fearful? Are you worrying about certain things? Do you feel like you're not good enough? Do you feel like you don't have enough? Do you feel like you're not enough? They're all the patterns of the world. And what the fruit of that is, is anxiety, is worry, is jealousy, is envy, is anger, selfishness, fear, worthlessness. So this past year, have the numbers been everything to you and has caused you so much concern and grief? So this year, as we go into this year, and let me tell you, unfortunately, this year is probably going to be like last year, maybe slightly different, but those anxieties, those worries, those concerns, those numbers, those case numbers, a concern of lockdown, not lockdown, seeing people, not seeing people, I think are going to be in 2022. But is that going to be what consumes you? Or is our intention on God, which is who he is, and who he is is peace, who he is is joy, who he is is hope, who he is is love. And what do they produce in us? The fruit of the spirit. Kindness, gentleness, peace in ourselves. So I don't know about you, but when I'm thinking about this year and thinking about future-proofing my focus, I don't know which one I'm going to choose. Well, I do know which one I'm going to choose. But I also know that it's not just a choice right away. It's not just today we all decide, let's all write on a piece of paper, we are choosing to think of the things of God. Tick, we're done. We've future-proofed our focus for the year. We'll pee. We can go home and we'll be great. It's not like that, is it? Because I've done this before. Like I have definitely thought about what am I thinking about? Even moments last year when it all got too much, I'm like, you know what, Kristen, what are you thinking about? I was like, oh, that's right, I'm thinking about this. I need to be thinking about this. But then the next day happens. And you know what? I probably didn't think about the things of God and I felt all of those things that were there in the things of the world. It is 
a choice that we need to make on a moment-by-moment -moment decision, moment-by-moment -moment basis. I'd love to be able to say that you can say yes and it will be done and your focus will always be on God, but unfortunately it's not like that. Sorry, I keep forgetting that I have a microphone there. Um, I'm so used to a handheld. I don't, yeah, anyway, you'll notice that my arms are flying. It's what I do best. <laughs> anyway, it is a moment-by-moment -moment decision. And so this morning, I wanted to leave us with ways in which, because I'm a real practical person, I don't know about you, but it's great to have a thought, it's great to have knowledge, but I also like to have practical tools to work out how do I implement this into my life. And so this morning, we're going to talk about it, then we're going to have a moment in which you can actually think through what will work for you. Because as soon as you leave here, let me tell you, the world is ready to grab your attention. And the moment in which you might have, had thought that you would have a moment to think through, the world is ready to grab your attention. Okay, so I've kind of changed my point, sorry Peter, but the first one is um, how do you future-proof your focus? Is number one is it's a choice. I want you to remind yourself that it's a choice. It's a moment-by-moment -moment choice. It's a moment-by-moment -moment decision. And in that choice, let's all remember that we should be gracious to ourselves in that because sometimes we're going to get it right and sometimes we're not going to get it right. It's a moment-by-moment -moment choice. And then the second one is, I think I've written it down differently. Yep. Um, we want to grab our attention for God before the world grabs it for us. And how we're going to do that is by triggers. I want you to think what would be a good trigger for you that the first thing in the morning that your attention goes to God and not to the things of this world. Uh, some examples are, for me, I um, subscribe to the verse of the day on the Bible app and it is the first notification that comes onto my phone. And so the intention there is, let's all remember intention because it's a choice. The intention there is, is that the first thing that I read when I grab my phone is God's word. And I don't have to work out what that verse is. It just comes up. It's a different verse every day. And it's the first thing that is on my phone that grabs my attention. For others, it might be instead of having your radio tuned to talkback radio, you tune it to some worship music or the Christian radio station. For others, it might be instead of listening to your crime podcast, you listen to a devotion podcast or worship music. What could be a trigger for you that at the beginning of the day, the first thing that grabs your attention is God? Remember, it's a choice. Even when you've got the trigger, it's still a choice. And then number three is it's not just to have a trigger, but it's also to dwell long enough on that that it transforms. So the passage talks about renewing your mind doesn't say newing your mind, it says renewing, which means that what you are putting into your mind, it first time will be brand new information, but the more that you dwell on it, the more that you get it from here to here, the more that you know it, the more that you believe it, the more that your life will be transformed from the inside out as we get our attention on God. Because there's moments in which we're going to feel anxious, and in that moment, if we've been dwelling in God's word, then we can say to ourselves, God, your word says that you'll give us peace that transcends all understanding. Your word says that you'll give me peace when it makes no sense for me to be peaceful. God, give me that peace. 
when we're feeling that we don't know what's going on and we just have no idea, we can say, hey, God, in that worship song, it says that you are way maker, that you are promise keeper, that you are light in the darkness. When we're feeling concerned about different things or we don't know what to think about, we can think about um, one of my favourite passages that I just love so much, Philippians 4, 8, in which it talks about what we should have our mind on, what we should be thinking about. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is just, that's what we should be thinking on. If there's something for you that is something that um, is a non-God trigger, but if it's a trigger for you to think of the things of the world that you know causes you anxiety, which you know that causes you worry or causes you jealousy or causes you envy, can I encourage you to spend some time looking at a Bible verse that will help speak into that. God's word is true. God's word is beautiful. God's word is a living word. It is right there for you, ready for you to know and for you to digest. And then within that, within the dwelling, I just want to really encourage us this year to simplify our faith life. Not make it simple that it's not like, um, it doesn't transform, but make it simple for ourselves that we know that we are just doing the simple practices, praying, reading God's word and dwelling in that. Simple, but yet so profound. I know for me, in my own personal journey, as I've been journeying through this, I feel like God has been like, hey, Kristen, it's actually for you more than anyone else this morning, is that I know when I know the truth of God's word, when I know the power of his word, when I read it, even if it is one verse over a week, over two weeks, over a month that you are learning and you are dwelling on and you are digesting, the power in that in my life brings what God talks about, brings that inner transformation. It brings the fruit of the spirit. It brings joy. It brings hope. It brings peace. It brings self-control. It brings gentleness. It brings kindness. I can't remember the other ones, but you can have a look in 1 Corinthians and have a, find them there. Um, but it does. It really does transform. So how can we make that choice this year? What are the triggers that you need to put in place for you this year? And then how can you dwell on those things that they don't just become things that you know, but they can be the things that are transforming you from the inside out? Each week at church, we actually do kind of this practice each week and it's through communion. It's a trigger for us each week to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, to remember that Jesus loved us so much that he died for us. And so this morning, um, this morning as we do communion, I'd love us if we could stop and pause, not only reflect on what God has done for us, but stop and pause and think, what triggers do I need to put in place this year that God will grab my attention from the beginning of the day? What are the triggers that I need to put in place when I know there is something that causes me to take my focus off God and be conformed by the patterns of this world? So that when that moment happens, you've already got it in place. So as we reflect Let's think about that trigger. I'm going to pray and then please do communion in your own time and the band will play for us. Father God, 
We thank you that you love us so very much. We thank you that you love us just as we are, Father. But we thank you so much that you not only just love us as we are, but you want to transform us from the inside out. That you want to transform us with your word, that you want to transform us with your love, with your peace, with your hope, with your joy. And so, Father God, this morning, as we reflect on your word of what it means to get our attention on you, Father God, I pray that we will be transformed. And so this morning, as we set our attention on you, as we set our attention on your love for us, and that you sent your one and only son for us, Father God, I pray that you'll give us nudges of what those triggers need to be in our life, Father God. And God, if we are feeling those things already this year, if we already can see that our mind, our actions are conforming to the pattern of this world, Father God, I pray that your grace, your love will come upon us, Father God. And you will remind us of the promises in your word, Father God. And so we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for this time together. Move that all up to you right now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please take communion in your own time and use this time to have a reflection of what your trigger can be this year. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.